BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Always follow, the money. follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in to Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort. And Casino, really fun three-hour show lined up today. Among our guests, Josh Applebaum in 30 minutes. We'll look at today's Major League Baseball card. Jeff Seeley, an hour from right now, looking at uh, his best bets and the Rocket Mortgage. And then later on today in studio, Adam Burke is going to jo- uh, join us. He does a great job writing and contributing to VSIN across all platforms that we have here. And he put together and helped write the VSIN NFL betting guide, which is uh, what we have coming out tomorrow. And among his bets, Paulie, he has a team in there for the most wins that he'll tell you about later on. And he also makes a case for highest scoring team in the league this year, and that being the Detroit Lions. And that number currently is sitting at 14 to 1 at DraftKings. And when you look at, go back a, you know, a year ago and look at the highest scoring teams in this league. KC actually did end up leading the NFL in scoring last year at 29.2 points per game, just a tick ahead of Philadelphia. Behind them, it was a Buffalo third. Dallas was number four, and there was Detroit chiming in at 26.6 points per game a year ago. I know you mentioned this week that you don't like some of the losses that they had offensively. The key here is going to be what, you know, can Jared Goff repeat what he did last year under first year Offensive coordinator Ben Johnson with the Lions. Yes, that would be, that's a big question for Detroit. I like that he's taking a shot here in the middle of the pack. It's another phenomenal 
uh, prop idea that DraftKings has, but you look at the top with the usual cast of characters and what they did last year. You mentioned the Chiefs were number one, the Eagles are number two, and uh, Dallas. I was pleasantly surprised to see Dallas up there. Uh, what they were, they've scored 467 points last year, right around the same uh, that Detroit did. And then you have the 49ers on that list as well. I would take a peek at the Chargers if I didn't want to go chalk in the 16 to one range. But uh, you know, maybe Jacksonville. That could be a little aggressive, but we expect Lawrence to uh, have a big year, and you get Ridley now uh, in that trade and eligible to play, reinstated. And certainly if Tua stays healthy with the Dolphins, but that's a great idea for a prop. I can't go Jets, though, because they're going to be too much uh, ground and pound with the rushing attack. Yeah, I can't go Jets. Uh, there's no way I could back that team. I don't think I can go Bills. I could actually go Cowboys. I think their offense is going to be elite again this year. I mean, I know Prescott had major problems turning the ball over a year ago. Yeah. But offensively, I mean, look at what they did. They brought in Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb. The offensive line is still basically top five, top eight in the NFL. And you'll find out later on today, I am ultra high on Tony Pollard this year. The problem is, like, that defense can also be mm-hmm. one hell of a unit this year. So if they get in, if they get leads, like, what do they do at that point? Are they just, you know, melting clock? Uh, I don't, are they going to try to expand on the lead in the third quarter, late, you know, early fourth quarter? Uh, if they have a, let's say, 28 to 6 lead in some of these games, they might not. So that could kind of uh, damper their chances. Uh, the 49ers are actually 14 to 1, tied with the Lions. Yeah. And right there behind the Cowboys, they did average 25.9 points per game last year. You know, this, this team offensively, they have so many weapons, it's scary. But the question, again, is going to be the quarterback spot, right? I mean, if Purdy, that was such a small sample size. The kid almost came in, not even midway through the year. It almost stole the rookie of the year offensively. It was great. He was phenomenal. Yep. So um, if, that, if, if he would stay healthy, a lot of ifs here, obviously, and play the entire year, I could see something like that with the 49ers. Shanahan, a great offensive mind. Yep. That, the, could, that could happen. Yep, no doubt about it. At fourteen to one, and maybe we're just we're too much anti Buffalo because Buffalo was third in scoring last year, and they're the uh, the tied for the third choice with Cincinnati at plus eight fifty. But you would think that Allen has to he has to have a better year than what he had. I mean, especially down the stretch, he was he was so bad in some of those games. Okay, and then, and then the silly turnovers with the interceptions as well. So two two things are starting to scare me. One, we talked about yesterday of the twenty people who had picks in the Vsin betting guide, fifteen of us have the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. 15 out of 20. Mm-hmm. So now that scares me. I'm one of them. Um, another thing that scares me is it doesn't matter where you you to, uh, tune in at. Could be VSIN, could be ESPN, could be wherever. The narrative on the Bills this year, year is pretty much the same across the board. And that is major question marks. I expect, I expect a step back from this team. Is that going to happen? I mean, I, I think that there's a chance it could but when everybody is saying that, it seems like it's too obvious. Well, I'm concerned about the Diggs thing. You have to be. That appeared they're not on the same page, and he was upset about something. Um, imagine what the ticket was last year on on fewest points, and that went to Denver at 287, as yeah. Wilson was a debacle and Hackett unmitigated disaster. Your favorite there is Arizona plus 650. Now, with the network, they're getting a lot of respect. The Packers, but around the league and in the betting markets, no respect when you see their odds and higher odds to win the division than the Chicago Bears. Arizona plus 650, Tampa 10 to 1, Houston, Indy, Green Bay 
11 to 1. And then the Titans in Washington, 12 to 1. Rams and Panthers, 14 to 1. Lowest scoring team. Oh, man. I could easily see the Buccaneers. Absolutely. Sure. Their win total is six and a half, which might be too high. You can't see Washington? I mean, if it's going to be Howell, what they're going to do at quarterback mm-hmm. and, and, and Chernoff making the case, Rivera first coach fired? I mean, what happened if Stafford gets hurt again, as you've, you've talked about? What if the Titans, this could be it for Tannehill in Tennessee, if they give it to Levis and they move on from Henry and make a trade at the deadline? I mean, there's so many candidates that jump out. Plus, you're going to start with rookie quarterbacks. And what does Indianapolis look like? Can they fix the offensive line? Uh, a lot of good candidates on I, here I for could lower actually, scoring team. Yeah, yeah. Th- those two teams that you brought up at 12-1, to 1, actually both, they, they kind of make some sense. And again, the reason being here is you need to find some teams that are going to be in like low-scoring games, obviously. Titans fit that bill. Titans, really good defense, up front anyway. And the Commanders have uh, that kind of a defense, too, where they could keep them in you know, lower-scoring contests. Um, I could see that happening to both teams. You have no idea what Sam Howell is going to look like. And if Tannehill just is... No good, and they, you know, Vrabel wants to run the football ad nauseum with Henry again this year. Yeah, and if uh, at some point they they decide that Tannehill is not going to be the guy for twenty twenty three, then and they put in Will Levis, sure, I could see something like that happening. Couldn't you make a case for Atlanta if it doesn't work out with Ritter? I know they have yeah. all these weapons, but it's a, you got to get him the ball though uh, at some point. Well, Denver- speaking of a coach mm-hmm. that likes to run the football a lot, that's right, that's right. Denver was dead last. Fewest points last year, 287. Houston and the Colts had 289, and the Jets had 296. But that was I'm sure that was a big ticket on the Broncos. No, no, no question. No one expected item to go to the playoffs, yep. like a lot of people, and they were uh, they were awful. Yeah, and by, and by the way, just to put a lid on this conversation, the highest scoring team again, going back to that for a second, the teams that have the top five easiest schedules this year, the Saints actually have number one based on their opponent's average win total. Falcons are number two. Colts, three. Panthers, four. Three of those teams play in the same division. That makes sense. And the 49ers have the fifth easiest schedule in 2023. But I was looking at their schedule yesterday. Uh, you know, it's it's in that division, you would say, okay, they're winning minimum of, uh, you know, four games, right? Because they'll take, they'll probably sweep the Cardinals. They'll at least take one from Seattle and one from the Rams, maybe both from the Rams. But beyond that, uh, I think it's a it's a pretty difficult schedule. I mean, again, the first six games here, I, I don't think you can... We're not going to play the schedule game, but you can't take a magic marker and say, circle the game at the Steelers, that's going to be a win. It's a very difficult game to begin here in week one. This team went to Chicago, and there was a quagmire last year, yep. and they lost, but then they get... Okay, minus the divisional games here. Giants at home on a short week Thursday night. They get the Cowboys on Sunday night football in week five. Then they go at the Browns, at the Vikings, and the Bengals at home before the bye. By the way, after the bye, the first game at Jacksonville. So they have some uh, pretty difficult opponents that are not in the NFC West this year. I'd rather have them, though, for most wins than uh, Cincinnati, though. And Cincinnati has better odds. I take the 49ers at 8-1 to one for most wins compared to plus 750 because of the division that the Bengals play in. I, I think and the, the 49ers, again, what they did with Purdy when he came in there, just an embarrassment of riches, a great coach and so many weapons and a nasty defense. Yep. They didn't give up anything last year. Again, that, that three-game stretch, I don't like that the league actually does this, but again, this goes, it's after the bye, they're at Jacksonville, they come back home to Tampa Bay, then this is the three-week stretch. At Seattle on Thursday Night Football, 
They then fly across the country to play at Philadelphia. That's going to be a hell of a game. And then they come back home in week 14 to play Seattle again. So they've been doing this more and more Mm -hmm. in recent years. Divisional teams that play each other twice in three weeks. I just... That's stupid. I can't stand it. If Burke nails this at 15-1, to what do you think the record is? If Jacksonville has the most wins, what do you think it would be? 13? Can they get the 14 wins? I, th- I think 13 they'll split with another team. Yeah. If they would win Sounds four, about right. if yeah. they would win 14, I think they can win it on their own. Yeah. But I I do think that uh multiple teams can win 13. Yeah. And again, this is the Jets all over again from a few years ago. Fewest wins, Arizona's 2 to 1. Oh god. Mm. Two to one. The next choice is Houston at eight. <laughs> That's a big. There's a big difference there. That man. is. That is. And there's people in our guide making the case for the under four and a half with Arizona. I know. Oh you, man. You think it's automatic that the Cardinals are going to have the fewest wins in the league? I don't. Nothing's automatic. Nothing's a lock. There's a chance with the Texans. Yes. We had, there's a chance sure. with the Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. No doubt. With what you're doing at quarterback and, uh, and and bowls, absolutely. It's going to be a huge drop-off with Brady gone. Yes. Yep. Uh, up next, we'll recap last night's betting action in win some, lose some. Make it now 10 straight road wins for this surprising club. And we love what the NHL is doing with one night in the regular season. Other sports need to copy this. Details coming up next. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. 
There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. It's always football season. We are ready to go with our NFL guide. Adam Burke did a great job putting it together, and uh, he's in studio coming up later in the show. Comes out tomorrow. We'll get you ready for the upcoming season. Profiles of every team, over 70 pages, advanced stats, best bets on win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIM Pro subscriber today for as low as $19. Get your copy of the guide. You have to be a subscriber. Summer kickoff special. Everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Here we go. Sports betting analyst here on VEASAN. Josh Applebaum joins the program now. You can listen, download, and subscribe to his two podcasts here with the network. One is called Morning Bets, and the other is Market Insights. Uh, Josh, good morning. Let's begin talking a couple of uh, futures that you like in the NFL. Uh, Are you finding any of these teams to be a challenger to the Chiefs in the AFC West, they have absolutely dominated the, uh, this division under Andy Reid, and more specifically since Patrick Mahomes took over the division. Super high win total again this year. They're about a buck sixty-five to win this division, or are you going to go with the champs here to, to repeat? So, Mitch and Paulie, it's great to be with you. Good morning here. So, I'm not going to expect any of these teams to really challenge the, the Chiefs here, Mitch. Uh, it's actually one of my favorite futures bets. And shout out to our NFL betting guide, which comes out tomorrow. Great, uh, great job by the whole team at Beeson putting this together. Uh, but I look at a couple things going on right now with the Chiefs. So, number one, to win their division. Uh, right now, you've seen a good, sharp line move. And the way I look at these futures, guys, is what I like to do is, as a data-driven better is get all the data from the sports books, look at the bets and dollars on each team to win their division, and then look at the line movement and then uh, kind of apply some other supplementary factors here. So, for example, I like the Chiefs to win this AFC West. It's kind of a chalk play. It's kind of an obvious play, but it's also a data-driven play. You mentioned it here, uh, Mitch, you know, that they've won seven straight division titles. They've won 12 games or more in six of the last seven years. Their win total is 11 and a half over. Uh, minus 115 so we're seeing some juice there toward the over but in particular Kansas City to win this division this is what I look for low bets higher dollars in a line move so according to uh, BetMGM we got a good batch of data from them yesterday and they're showing currently only 40% of bets on the Chiefs to win that AFC West but 75% of the money so that's a huge discrepancy there 40% bets 75% money tells me that you have a pretty sharp discrepancy low bets higher dollars in favor of the Chiefs they open as low as minus 150 to win this division they've already been bet up to minus 165 and a couple things it's not just a data-driven play but when I'm betting some of these futures guys whether it's win totals divisions it's all about stability you know are you bringing back your coach and your quarterback. Obviously, you have Mahomes and Reed, the best combination here in football right now. Uh, But then also, it's kind of comparing this uh, Chiefs team to the other teams in their division. I mean, look at these win totals. Chiefs are 11 and a half. Next closest one is Chargers, two games below. Then you have the Broncos and the Raiders way below that. So I'm going to lay it here. I'm going to take this minus 165 with Kansas City to win the division. Not going to overthink it too much. Uh, And hopefully, uh, when they get off to a good start, you're going to see this thing closer to minus 200, maybe the first month into the season. Okay, does the same thing apply to you with Jacksonville in the AFC South? They're they're priced right now at the same exact number at DraftKings, minus 165. 
Yeah, same exact play for me. I uh, mentioned this one. I'll go Jaguars to win this uh, this AFC South. So a couple things to like about the Jags in this spot. Just look, look, let's look at the data. And I think it's also important to not let your bias get in the way. Just say, hey, you know, team won it last year, bet him again. No, kind of make a case, build a case, at least uh, from a numbers perspective of why you uh, think it's a smart bet. So to me, the Jags are a team on the rise and the data kind of proves it. They open minus 150 to win this division. They're up to minus 165. Uh, they're only getting 29% of bets in the AFC South, but over 52% of the money. So again, when I'm looking at these splits, it's like 10% more money than bets, what kind of gets me excited. So it tells me these bigger, sharper wagers are banking on the Jags to win this division. Uh, the progression, obviously, of Trevor Lawrence going into year three, he goes three and 14 year one, nine and eight last year. You make the playoffs. Now you're working with Doug Peterson for your second full year. Uh, also, this is a, a team that inside their division, hopefully will feast on these other teams that they're going to play. If you look at these win totals here, much lower. Titans seven and a half. What are you going to get from Tannehill? What's, what's their offense going to look like? I respect uh, Vrabel here, but really the Jags are a team on the rise. And then the Colts and the Texans, I want to bet against rookie coaches and rookie quarterbacks, which both these teams have. So uh, Jags are a team that impressed me last year. Uh, on a, maybe they might kind of transition from a contrarian spot to more of a public team this year, just from what we saw of them last year. But again, bad division, good sharp steam move here. I'm going with the Jags minus 165 to win the AFC South. Okay, how about the MLB card now? Uh, the, the good late game with the Diamondbacks and uh, the Rays. It was supposed to be Kelly, but he goes on the IL, and now it's going to be Davies, who's been horrible. The Rays in a bit of a funk, though, splitting their last couple of series. They split with the A's, they split with the Royals, and they lost two out of three against San Diego. What do you think of the Rays-Diamondbacks game? So I'm going to go late with the Rays uh, in this one here, uh, Paulie, and I think you hit the nail on the head. When this was, Rays team was just absolutely rolling throughout the year, they were a massive public favorite, and they were kind of overpriced. I'm thinking maybe since they've struggled a bit here recently, it's almost creating a buy-low opportunity on Tampa Bay. So just from a market perspective, we saw the Rays open you know, as low as minus 140 for this game against Arizona. They've all, they're all, all the way bet up now to minus 150, so you have about 10 cents of steam hitting Tampa Bay, causing this line to move. Uh, remember, this is uh, off a loss last night. Arizona won 8-4 to four as a minus 130 home favorite. But look at the pitching matchup. Zach Eflin, he's been great as a free agency pickup from the Phillies, 9-3, and 3.35 ERA. And with Kelly getting uh, hurt here, and now Davies pitching tonight, he's 1-4, 7.82 ERA. He's made five starts in the month of June. His ERA is 9. So this is kind of a bet on Tampa. It's also a bet against Davies. Uh, also, you'll get Tampa off a loss. They're one of the best teams. in. Ba I know they've struggled a bit recently, but one of the best teams off a loss, 18-9, 67%. If they're favored off a loss, which they are today, they're 15 and 7, 68%. Uh, also, road interleague favorites have done very well. The lack of familiarity benefiting that better team. They're 72 and 39, 65% this season. Uh, also, keep an eye on the over guys. We saw the overcash last night. Uh, this total is nine, really juiced up over minus 120. 69% of bets, but 85% of the money is going over. And Tampa is the best over team in baseball this year, 45 and 32. They're seven and one to the over their last eight. Arizona six and three to the over their last nine. So I'm leaning pretty hard on that over nine. You might see this thing get up to nine and a half uh, before you know it. But I'm going to lay it here with Tampa to get back on track against Davies. Got the Rays around minus 150. All right. Follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network, and our very own betting analyst here on the network. Josh Ebelbaum is our guest. One more baseball game. The A's defeated the Yankees last night. And this team, the Pinstripers, man, they are punchless right now. Their offense stinks. Mm -hmm. Herman takes on Sears tonight, who's actually pretty decent. How do you want to attack this game, Josh? So I'm going to lean pretty hard here on the Yankees, just from a standpoint of a bounce-back opportunity here. They opened 
minus 140-ish. You're creeping up now to minus 150. Uh, and really, the Yankees in particular, when they're favored off a loss, they're 16 and 6 this year, 73%. If you also get these American League East teams, when they're favored against a non-American League East team, you lost last night with the Yankees uh, as the A's cash as a plus 120 dog. But these teams are actually 68% with an 11% ROI overall. Uh, but in particular, you mentioned it punchless with the offense there, Mitch. My official bet here is I'm going to go under in this one. You saw this game open with a total of eight, uh, like minus 115. Now you're seeing the under minus 120 at some shops. This is one of those totals where you want to kind of attack it early, either the overnight number or early in the morning, because if you wait too long, this thing might get down to seven and a half, at which case, you know, a 5-3 game, you want to push that bet instead of lose. But again, the offense of the Yankees is really stagnant right now. They're seven and two to the under their last nine. Oakland's five and zero to the under their last five at home. The Yankees are the fifth best under team in baseball, 58%. And in particular, the Oakland Coliseum. I know they're moving to Vegas here pretty soon, but this has been a good stadium historically to bet the under a lot of foul ground territory. The under at the Coliseum is 22 and 16, 58%. So maybe it's a bounce back spot for the Yankees, but I'm going with the under here, guys, under eight tonight. All right, you can subscribe to uh, Josh's two podcasts, Morning Bets and Market Insights, wherever you get your podcast. Josh, thanks for the time today. Best of luck. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great day. Yep, and to expand on this current Yankees form with the offense, Paulie, they scored one run last night. They had five on Sunday against Texas, but remember what, three of those came in the bottom of the eighth against that uh, horrific Rangers bullpen. And then runs by game going back. One, two, two, four, three, one, two. I could keep going for the rest of the month. They do have a five in there and a loss, a seven and a win, another five and a loss and a six and a win. But every other game is like three or less with the run scored. I mean, I know that I get it. You miss Aaron Judge. But do you have to rely on the guy for the entire year to carry you uh, for six months out yep. of the, What? Come yep. on. Donaldson's washed. LeMahieu's struggling. Uh, Stanton's contracts are albatross. Uh, there's no timetable with Judge with the foot injury. The innocuous play where he runs into the wall in Dodger Stadium. And that's given him all kinds of problems. And how, it's, you're right. But then it also goes back to Cashman again, too. What kind of outfit are you putting together? What kind of roster are you putting together here? And it, it's just. I'm blown away that it's one of, if not like the proudest organization in all of North American sports. And they're just like, yeah, he's our guy. We're going to stick with him. Here's a lifetime contract. Who's the hitting coach? You're right. Yeah. Who's the hitting coach? Look that up. Because certainly that guy should be on the hot seat. They all should be. I mean, what Volpe's doing. I mean, oh, that guy's God. struggling. Did you, he, he was eating spaghetti. And he, and he was over dinner, apparently. He figured out, you know, what he was doing wrong by watching something on television while he was eating spaghetti. It's like, who's the batting coach? Who's yeah. that? What are you guys doing? You're not going to pick that up on film. You couldn't or pick that. Yeah. Who? Never heard of him. Dylan Lawson. I, I don't okay. know. But that's, I mean, that guy. I might. I'm eating spaghetti. Oh, here's what I'm doing wrong. Okay. I. I don't know what look, the hell's I mean, going on. My my dad was a humongous Yankees fan. He tried. He tried to like, you know, foist that onto me, <laughs> and I refused to take it. This is unacceptable. As yeah, a non-Yankees fan, this is un- completely unacceptable. Yep. We'll run down some uh, really good ROI numbers in this sport coming up next. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Thanks for checking in. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. We're going to start this hour talking some PGA Tour and uh, hopefully get a couple of winners 
at the Rocket Mortgage this week. Our friend, a uh, longtime guest on this show, Jeff Seeley, joins the program now. You can check out CutmakerPod.com for the latest plays and podcasts and the new Cutmaker YouTube channel as well. This week's pod, which comes out later on today, is with PGA Tour Pro Eric Barnes. Uh, Indy Jeff, good to talk to you as always. Tell us why this would be a good week to take some bombs. We're talking, you know, 100 to 1 or beyond that. It kind of sets up for this uh, for this golf course, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, guys. I mean, one of the, probably the most unique fact of this course is what this tournament is. In the last few years, you've seen everything from a 7 to 1 in Bryson to a 300 to 1 and Nate, Nate Lashley win the event. So, um, you know, the, the common narrative of this tournament has always been bomb and gouge, and certainly it worked for Bryson to the extreme. Um, but late, Nate Lashley is anything but a bomb and gouge and literally won at, at 300 to 1. So this is a, sh- a tournament where you want to take some shots on some guys down the board because um, a guy winning 50, 55, 60, 80, even 150 would not be a shock this week. Okay. We will get to those players who you like this week coming up in a few minutes. But let's begin with the core plays first. And, you know, give us a golfer or two near the top of the odds board. You're not going to go with Morikawa, Finau, or Fowler this week, but a couple of guys who you like, maybe a little bit down the board from those three players. Yeah, guys. So, I mean, Ricky Fowler grades out incredibly well, grades out first in my model, but the price is too short in a field this open we just mentioned. So, Drew, if you are going to play him, parlay him with a baseball game or something and get higher to 20 to 1. Um, I moved down the board a little bit, started with Hideki. He's 18 to 1. And if we can get a slight positive out of Hideki this week with a putter, and this is a really good putting surface for him, then we should be very, very live with our Hideki ticket. He's gained an average of five shots on approach over his last six events. So the wedge play is definitely there, which is critically important here. His off the tee game has been decent. His short game has been good. He's finished inside the top 25 in six of his last eight events, including a fifth at the Players, 16th at the Masters, and 13th at the Travelers last week. He has finishes of 21st and 13th here, so he has had some decent success. This seems like a really good bounce back, uh, excuse me, good week to hop back on board with Hideki. And another guy, Mitch, you and I were talking about, I think last week, Mitch, you played him last week, is, is Tom Kim, 20-1 to 1 this week. He was the darling of the golf world coming into the season after really a dream late season last year that started here when he finished seventh last year. Kim would go on to win the Wyndham the following week, 13th to St. Jude, win the Shriners in October, finished fourth at the Century in January, fifth at the American Express. It seemed like Tom the Train really couldn't be stopped. But aside from a solid showing the Masters, Kim didn't crack the top 20 from February through early June, largely due to horrible putting. Then all of a sudden, he finished his eighth U.S. Open a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. gaining almost eight shots on approach and over three strokes putting. He gained five strokes on approach last week. So the buyers are definitely there. It's just going to come down to the putter, if we can get something decent like we saw at the, at the U.S. Open, um, then I think we could be live. These greens are going to be small. He putted fairly well last time he played he played here. So 20-1, to 1, I think it's a good time to, to get on board with Tom Kim again. When you uh, talked to Eric Barnes, did you guys land on the same uh, golfer? And you got, Were you thinking the same thing with uh, a guy who seems to be uh, on the leaderboard here in the last few tournaments? Yeah, the, the first guy that jumped out to Eric, this wasn't his, his official pick to win, but the first guy when he was looking at my model – that jumped off to him was Austin Ekro. He's 55 to one this week. This week, uh, Ekro's been on fire since late March with two top fives and a top 10, three more inside the top 30s. That makes a total of six 
of his last nine events inside the top 30. His game has been really good overall, really very, very solid. He consistently gains off the tee. His wedges have been good. His putting can be a little streaky, but this is his best putting surface. He's minus 150 to finish inside the top 40, which equates to about a 60% chance. I believe it's at least that, so I'm playing him top 40 for sure, and I'm going to throw a few bucks on him at 55-1. to 1. And then I, I feel like we've been saying this about a lot of people, but Aaron Rye, 60-1 to 1 this week, would have won this year if it weren't for his putting. And his last 19 events, Rye has lost strokes putting in 14 of them. That's really bad. But even with that, he has four top 20s, including two top 10s. I'm interested in him this week because the irons have been really sharp two of the last four weeks, and he's gained with the putter two weeks in a row. If he has figured out something with the putter, I'd rather be early than late. So I'm going to take a shot on Aaron Rye this week. I'm not going to bet him top 40 because maybe he misses the cut, but I do think a few bucks at 60 to 1 is live. And then a guy who's the opposite of a bad putter, who's an absolutely elite putter, is Justin Saw, who's 80 to 1 this week. This guy is an absolutely phenomenal putter, one of the best on tour. He's gained 11 strokes, put, excuse me, gained strokes putting in 11 straight events, and most of them is by three or four strokes. He's generally average off the tee, but his irons can get hot like they did at the Honda, where he finished fifth, the players where he finished sixth, and the Charles Schwab where he finished 16th. So I think he's just now finding his legs on the PGA Tour after winning last year's Corn Ferry Championship. And guys, plus 120, top 40 is a super interesting play. I'm going to bet Justin Saw to win at 80 to 1, and I'm definitely going to bet him top 40 at plus money. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Indy Jeff Seeley on Twitter. At Cummaker Jeff, uh, I, I pondered uh, Justin Saw last night, first round leader. Did not make that bet yet. I might this morning. The bomb play that you have this week, I did bet him for the first round leader in triple digits, but you actually like him beyond that and to potentially be in the mix here and win this thing. Who do you like at 150 to 1? I think he's a great first round leader bet. I'm going to add that to my card. Mix. I think I completely agree with you there. But we're talking about Dylan Wu, who's had some really nice forms since February. He's played in 14 events, and he's only missed three cuts. In that time frame, he has five finishes inside the top 25, including a top 10 at the Honda Classic. Just a really good, solid overall player. He's a good putter, gained in six of his last eight. He's gained on approach in seven of his last eight. So while he missed the cut last year, he does have experience, but he did gain strokes putting here. He was just in the midst of a lot of struggles with his irons. His irons are in really good shape right now. This week, he comes in in good form. I, he, was, he had a nice finish last week, and he's going to have a nice finish this week. He's plus 150 to, inside the top 40. I think that's a great bet, and I like your first-round leader bet. As a matter of fact, he might just be a first-round or second-round leader or low-round-of-the-day guy. Mm. You could throw a few bucks every round because you can get – I think Dylan Wu is going to have at least one big round and, and, and could easily find himself in contention this week. I'll tell you what, Jeff. I, I'm becoming a bigger fan of betting these placement markets more and more every single week. Uh, and you're you're absolutely twisting my arm right now on Wu plus 150 top 40 and back to Justin Sa plus 120 top 40. I agree with you. I like both of those. And uh, as we've said, you know, many many times uh, in the past here. Okay, yeah, cashing you know 50 to one in a golf tournament is awesome or higher than that. But if you don't, there's nothing wrong with plus 150 or three to one or four to one on some of these top 10, 20 or 40 bets. Well, especially if you make your bet, you know, four or five times the size of your outright bet, right? Mm-hmm. And then you hit the top 40 and you've more than covered most of your outright. The, the real thing, though, Mitch, I cannot stress this enough because I'm telling you, every single week people will text me this. 
you have to understand debt eat, dead eat rule. Mm. If you place a top 20, and let's say you put $100 on a top 20, and I'm being extreme here, but 20 guys tie for the top 20, you're not going to get 100 bucks back. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to understand dead heat rules. You have to understand how this works. And if you can find a market, I use BetMGM as an example, where ties pay full, that is where you should focus your top 10, top 20, top 40 bets, because then you're paid either way. You don't have to worry about it. You can get really burned on dead heat. So be very careful that you understand the rules. I can't state it enough. Yeah, because I think last week there was a, well, you know, the way it ended, the way it was shaping up there, uh, a bunch of guys were tied for 20th. Yeah. And then the way it settled is that uh, I think it was five or six guys actually tied for 19th. But regardless, you're exactly right, because some some books I know here at Circa, they're going to pay you out full on a top 20 with a dead heat. Other books are going to do exactly what you just said, and it's a, it's a chop across the board. I had a guy send me a picture. He, this guy bets Scotty Scheffler top five every week because I guess why wouldn't you, right? Right. <laughs> but, he said, and, but, he, but he actually really got screwed on it because there was you know a bunch of guys tied, four or five guys tied, and it, he was like, how did I get burned on this thing? And I'm like, dude, you got to understand dead heat rules. So that yeah, I can't state it enough. Circa's a great example. Bet it at Circa. Bet it, I think Westgate pays ties full. you got to find a place where ties pay full. That's a critical, critical component of the top the placement markets. You got to know that going in. Okay. Who are you heavy on this week for DFS? That's a great question. Um, one guy who I really like in DFS this week that I'm not bet- playing, betting because I really have the putting. I like Benny on a lot in DFS this week. Um, he's obviously a great birdie maker. Um, and I think yeah, he's been really hot lately. He's a guy I'm definitely going to play. I think he's a really good price. I like all the guys I mentioned, but Benny on's another guy I think you could look at in DFS this week. Um, again, I, I don't think he's going to win. But he's a guy, top 20, and mm. just, yeah, he can eagles, he can make some birdies. Uh, Benny On's a guy you should definitely take a look at, it, but, well, along with the guys I mentioned already. Yeah, very cool. You can check out cutmakerpod.com, all the latest plays and podcasts, and also the Cutmaker YouTube channel. Uh, Jeff, thanks, as always, for the time, man. Best of luck this week. Well, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, Thank be you. good. Okay, so Tony Finau was talking yesterday in the presser. It, might, it could take 30 under to win this thing. <laughs> oh, so what, uh, what are we going to see with the first-round leader yeah. tomorrow? Again, That's what Keegan Bradley should have shot last week. I know. Until he went bo- uh, bogey, bogey, bogey. Are we going to have some somebody or multiple go- golfers 9-under, nine, 10-under nine tomorrow for the first round? And then, hey, they're all hovering yeah. around. Imagine that, like the leaderboard going into Sunday. Hey, we got four guys within one stroke of the lead, and the leader's at 27-under. What the hell kind of a tournament is this? Yeah, right. John Deere's coming up, right? Well, this after that? Could I mean, be the new John is, Deere yeah, right. here. Sure. All right. It's Got Follow it. the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We'll get into uh, today's Major League Baseball card coming up next. It's hard to believe he's getting another start, but that should be good news for us. Details on that coming up next.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Follow the Money on v Talking a lot of NFL this week, and it's only Wednesday. Follow the Money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Uh, one, not a lot of games besides baseball. Two, uh, great time of year to start talking football. And three, our draft betting guide, uh, the NFL betting guide, comes out tomorrow. And Adam Burke joins the program now. He wrote a ton that you're going to read about in the guide, and he helped put the whole thing together. Uh, great job, man. Thanks for coming in studio today. How are you? Absolutely. I'm good. You know, it's good to get it out early as well. I think that's an important thing. We're releasing it earlier than ever this year, and it gives people time to kind of digest it because, you know, we'll have our college football guide out on August 3rd, and obviously there's a lot to cover with that. So getting it out early, giving people the opportunity to start working on some of their preseason prep if they haven't done so already. And I will admit, you know, even as somebody who does this for a living, there are a lot of players where I read through the team previews. And I went, oh, yeah, they did sign that guy. Yeah, right. So it's important to catch up on that stuff, and this guide is a perfect way to do that. 32 teams in the NFL, 130-plus in college. So <laughs> imagine yeah. what the college guide is going to look like when that comes out later on this summer. Uh, we talked about this briefly to begin the show today, and we uh, I teased it before you came on here. You have a really good angle, I think, so does Paulie, on highest-scoring team, which you can find. It's at DraftKings, 14-1, uh, to 1. 
Uh, you made a case for the Lions. Tell us why. Yeah, so for the Lions, I mean, look, there's a good chance that the teams in the NFC North are a little bit better defensively, but the three teams in the NFC North that the Lions will play you know, for six of their games were 16th, 27th, and 32nd in EPA per play defensively. And while they may improve a little bit, I don't think they're going to improve that much. So Detroit winds up with six games within the division where they've got a pretty good opportunity to score points. And the other thing about a team like this is, you know, they've made some moves and they've gotten maybe a little bit better on defense, but I think Ben Johnson really turned this offense into a juggernaut last season. It was a team that nobody wanted to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think it was fortunate that Detroit didn't make it for some of those NFC contenders, but this is a team that because I don't think their defense will be all that good. They have to keep scoring. They have to continue to be aggressive with their play calling, and they have a really, really good group of skill position guys again. Jared Goff finally found a home where he seems to be really comfortable. I think the Lions is the highest scoring team at 14 to 1, especially because, again, if they are trailing against some better opponents, they're going to have to throw the football, be aggressive, try to get back in the game, and we know they're going to give up points as well. So I just thought that was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a different way to look at all of the different prop markets that are out there. How about the running back position? It was Williams and Swift were so good, especially Williams with all his touchdowns, if they'll be okay there with the, with the guy that going draft and then also the guys they brought in. Yeah, I mean, I think Jameer Gibbs is a really mm-hmm. interesting player. And, I, you know, look, I, I think that when you look at a lot of the better offenses around the NFL, they're willing to use the running backs in the passing game. And, and Jameer Gibbs is a guy that is multi-purpose, is multi-talented. You can use him as a full three-down back. And I think that a guy like Ben Johnson will love having a weapon like that to go along with, you know, guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, Marvin Jones Jr. is a big target that they bring in as well. Yeah, the Jamison Williams suspension doesn't help necessarily, yep, yep. but I don't think it hurts that much either. And again, when you look at their schedule, they only play three defenses that were in the top 10 in EPA per play last year. Again, some of them may improve, but some others may kind of fall back a little bit. So I think the schedule sets up well for the Lions to score a lot of points as well. I like uh, the one angle tied in here is that the defense can still be really, really shaky. And I'll bring mm-hmm. up two teams that are kind of in their range. Like the 49ers potentially have another really good defense this year if they all stay healthy, right? I think the same right. thing could be said about the Cowboys. Well, both those teams also potentially have elite offenses, but what if they're in lower scoring games because the defense just, that's how the game's going to play out. Like the Lions have a chance to really be in some shootouts like on a consistent basis. I think they're, we're going to see some games where the Niners and Cowboys really, really score a lot this year, mm-hmm. but they're also going to be in some games that are like 16-13. The thing that worries me about about Dallas going forward, though, is I do wonder about the play calling going from Kellen Moore to Brian Schottenheimer. Will they kind of take away some of that aggressiveness? Because Kellen Moore, widely regarded as a pretty good play caller and an up and comer here, you know, in the coaching business in the NFL. Brian Schottenheimer, you know, obviously a household name, a legendary coaching family. But, you know, will they be kind of that aggressive type of team or will they maybe run the football a little bit more? Will they kind of use Pollard a little bit more in the running game as opposed to as a receiver? That's the thing that kind of worries me about Dallas for this season. But for Detroit, I mean, like like you said, they're going to have to score points. If they want to win games, they have to score points. If they don't get in the 30s, it may be tough for them to win games. So they've got to be more aggressive, and I think that lends itself well towards taking this kind of bet on them. All right. That's a good prop, good observation and breakdown. How about lowest scoring team? Your favorite's Arizona plus 650. Do you think this is going to be a two or three win team, an historically bad team from an offensive standpoint? I think it's certainly possible. I mean, you know, just kind of looking at the board and and knowing what I know about Baker Mayfield, it's hard not to look at Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. I think they've got a really, really strong (laughs) shot here at 10 to 1. I mean, it's easy to say with them being the second choice, but 
This is a team with great incentive to be as horrible as possible and try to get Caleb Williams. So when you've got, you know, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, it's probably not that hard to be that bad. Mm-hmm. So I, I would think Tampa Bay over Arizona, to be honest with you. Well, and okay. as, a, as a Cleveland guy, mm-hmm. you can you could probably talk about Mayfield for two hours if you wanted to. I could. Yeah. And I've, I've been someone who's tried to defend him quite a bit, uh-huh. but I don't know if I can really do that anymore. Done? You tapped out on I, that? I think so. Okay. Think so. Um, were you surprised by this? In the guide, again, we had 20 VEASAN contributors, uh, contributors give their division winners, wildcard teams, and Super Bowl participants as well. Out of the 20 people who did the picks, 15 of us had the Bengals, not only forget the division, to come out and win the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm one of them that has them win the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. I mean, look, I think as long as Joe Burrow stays healthy, this is just such a an extremely talented team. They'll be very, very battle-tested by the time they get to the postseason with a very deep, very strong AFC North where I wrote the team previews for the, for the AFC North for the, uh, the NFL betting guide. I mean, look, you know, this defense continues to make little improvements at the margins with Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator. They have to replace both safeties this year, but I think that'll be fine for them because they've got a good scheme. They've got a very strong organization. You know, they will get back a Wouzier in the secondary as well. That's something that should help them. If they force a couple more takeaways and you're giving the ball to Joe Burrow more frequently, this is an offense that should put up a lot of points as well. I just feel like, you know, the, the questions about Zach Taylor, we've kind of been able to calm those a little bit. And look, I mean, Kansas City, I think it's interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think the offense will change too much without the enemy because it is kind of Andy Reid's offense, but that's a team that's played a lot of football over the last few years, being as good as they have. At some point, I think there will be a little bit of a drop-off for Kansas City, and I think it could very well be this season. You picked the Dolphins to win the AFC East. Can you take us through that thought process and how maybe that Miami could be, uh, you know, assuming everyone stays healthy, that they could be dangerous? Yeah, so I think Miami is just, it's kind of a ceiling play. I think they're a team that has a really, really high ceiling so long as Tua is able to stay upright. And, mm-hmm. and clearly that's a, a big question, especially now with this concussion history. But this is a really, really robust offense. I think McDaniel's a, a strong head coach. I think he showed that last year. And remember, yep. this team was 8-3 and three last year over their first 11 games before things kind of went off the rails a little bit. They wound up you know, getting the Tua injuries and all that kind of thing. I guess it's a really, really good football team that will continue to grow. will continue to find different ways to adapt to, you know, their personnel and adapt to opponents where, you know, again, you got a a head coach now that I think he's going to make some strides in in basically his second season here. And look Tua, there's a, an advanced stat out there. It's EPA expected points added plus completion percentage over expected. Number one in the league was Patrick Mahomes. That's not surprising Mm -hmm. at all. Number two was Tua. So Tua played really well last year when he was healthy. So I think that the Dolphins have a really high ceiling for this season. And I think Buffalo, while I still kind of lean and like their over a little bit, I think that is a team that, you know, if you're looking for a really good team that could fall off, I think Buffalo's the one and Miami sure. could be the one to take advantage. Well, other things that support your argument is Fangio coming in to mm-hmm. coach the defense. What if they average 27 a game? And they, you, with Ramsey acquisition coming in, and what if he turns that defense around? And if something happens to Tua, as you mentioned during the break, it's Mike White now, and he had a good year with the Jets. Teddy Two Gloves is unemployed, but that's that's pretty good if that's your backup. And I think Mike White could put up numbers in that offense. 
especially when you talk about Mike White with, as you mentioned, in that offense with the skill position guys yeah. that he has. I mean, you know, yeah, he may go out there and have a game where he throws four touchdowns and three picks. But when you've got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, you know, some of the other depth that they've kind of added as they've built up this offense, I think it's a really interesting team. And again, you get this team, they went nine and eight last year. They were minus seven in turnover margin. So, mm, okay. you know, that's another thing where I kind of look for some positive regression from a team that I think should ultimately take really good care of the football. Again, just a matter of of making sure that their most important player on offense stays healthy. Yep. I mean, if if he stays healthy, he's going to be in the MVP mix again this year. Mm-hmm. He was last year until all hell broke loose and he you know took those uh, concussions on a daily basis the way it felt. Right, which you is know? another thing, too. I mean, if you think of a team that you feel like has a really high ceiling that maybe people aren't talking about as much, like a Miami, you know, maybe an alternate way of kind of looking at this is if this team is going to win the AFC East and reach some of the expectations that you have, there's nothing wrong with taking a shot on something like a Tua to win MVP yeah. and, you know, kind of take a, a lower dollar amount for a bigger return where if that team's going to reach its ceiling, based on what you said there, Tua is probably their best player this year. Uh, more with Adam Burke coming up next. The NFL betting guy drops tomorrow here at VSIN. We'll go over some of the win totals that he loves and some of the totals that he would not touch with your money coming up next here on VSIN. This is Follow the Money on v More with Adam Burke. Our guide drops tomorrow. Get ahead of the upcoming NFL season, in-depth profiles of every team, advanced stats, best bets on win totals, futures, props. Adam attacks uh, most wins in his write-up with some props that he likes. Become a v Pro subscriber today for as low as $19. Have to be a subscriber to get the guide. Sign up today, vcin.com slash subscribe. Get up there. Okay, so you had like four categories in the guide with uh, NFL win totals. You love some NFL win totals. You like some. You wouldn't touch some with my money, Paulie's money, anybody's money. Let's begin with a team that you love, and it's uh, it's the Chicago Bears. A lot of hype coming into the season for the team uh, in 2023. They owned the first overall pick in the draft before they traded Justin Fields looked really good at times last year running the football. They made some pretty good additions in the offseason. You're not going to go over. You like the Bears to go under. Yeah, I like the Bears to go under. I mean, look, you know, I think that the NFC North, there's a variety of different ways this thing could go. I mean, I just mentioned, you know, we talked about Mm -hmm. in the last segment, I think Detroit could be the highest scoring team in the NFL. If they are, I think they wind up having a pretty good season. I think people are kind of too low on Minnesota at this point in time just because of, you know, their record versus their point differential last year and, and some of those other things. And maybe Jordan Love is good. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. But you look at the Bears, and I mean, last year, this team was pathetic on defense. They were 32nd in EPA per play. They were dead last in third down defense. They were bottom five red zone defense. It takes a lot to fix so many problems on the defensive side. And this offense is completely and entirely dependent on Justin Fields, specifically Justin Fields being a runner for the most part. Now, I know there's a lot of talk about him improving his throwing and all of that, and that's great. But if this guy, you know, is going to have over 150 carries again, something like that, how does he make it through 17 games? I think that's a very, very big question that we have to ask here. Also, in the 11 weeks prior to their week 13 bye, the Bears play seven road games. So they play a very difficult schedule, have a late bye with fields getting beaten up on a weekly basis. I just look, maybe they made some good additions and that's fine. 
I just don't see this team upgrading five wins from where they were last year. I love the under seven and a half with Chicago. Yep, I completely agree. And if that doomsday scenario happens, you're looking at P.J. Walker or Peterman at quarterback for the Bears. How about the Broncos? You have them a playoff team. Yeah, so I think this Broncos team is going to really, really step up. You know, Mitch and I were talking during the break about, you know, the Jaguars going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson and how, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was a completely different player this year. Peterson is an elite head coach. I think people think the same thing about Sean Payton, and I don't think that Russ is done. I think Sean Payton will be able to get more out of him. I think he'll be able to kind of stabilize that locker room as well. But the other big thing is that this Broncos team last year, there's a, there's a metric over at Football Outsiders called adjusted games lost, which is due to injury. They had the second most adjusted games lost on offense and the fifth most adjusted games lost on defense. So, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett was a punching bag and deservedly so, but this was a team that was ravaged by injuries last season. It's a very, very talented roster. Peyton is a guy that's you know obviously done well with quarterbacks throughout his career, having a guy like Drew Brees for so long. I don't think Russ is done, and I think that this Denver team is a lot better here. I, I do love them over eight and a half wins. Okay, and I we see the division the same way. I like Jacksonville to win the division at you know dollar fifty, dollar sixty, but I am down big time on Tennessee. I think this you you could see a quarterback change midway through the season. They could also see some trades, and I want to focus in on and there were, yeah, there were a lot of injuries, but I want to focus on what happened at the end of the season when they had all those issues winning games on the long losing streak. Yeah, look, I mean, Tennessee is one, a win total that I'm not sure about simply because I think all of the things that you just mentioned are kind of built into the market here with this team sitting at seven and a half. I think it's probably a pretty good number for them. I mean, last year they started seven and three and then everything kind of fell apart yeah. for them. They decided they wanted to look at Malik Willis and, you know, all these different kinds of things. They're kind of in purgatory. I don't think they really know what to do. They don't have a quarterback of the future right now because I don't think Malik Willis is one. And Derrick Henry, I mean, how much is left in the tank for that guy? So, you know, I, I just think that that number is probably right at seven and a half, but I would think under before I would think over because of all the reasons that you mentioned. And simply because, look, I mean, I don't know if C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson will be good right out of the gate, mm -hmm. but I think those two rosters at least have some upside Whereas I don't think the Tennessee really does. Right, and this opens the door for Jacksonville then. You like the over, probably to go undefeated in division games? Yeah, I think there's a lot to like about Jacksonville, especially because, you know, I mean, they made significant strides in year two with Doug, or in year one with Doug Peterson in the second half of the season. Lawrence made significant strides as well. Um, you know, he cut his interception total by more than half, took really good care of the football late in the year. And also, even when they weren't winning games early on in the season, this was a borderline top 10-ish kind of offense to begin with. They looked like a positive regression candidate, and then all of a sudden, the results started to follow suit for them. They also, they're not just dependent on Lawrence. I think Travis Etienne could be in line for a big season mm. as well. There's a lot to like about this team. And last year, they were 3-7, and seven, but then 6-1 and one after the bye. So Peterson fixed things when he had the chance to. Now he's had a whole summer, whole spring and summer, to figure out how to improve this team even more, and I think that it pays dividends for them this year. Okay, so the NFL did the New York Giants absolutely zero favors with their schedule to begin the season. Everybody mm -hmm. knows about this, right? It's it's extremely grueling, and nobody really bought into the Giants last year during their run. You heard everything about winning these close games. It's fluky. It's going to catch up with them. Their win total after you know beating the Vikings on the road in a playoff game this year is seven and a half. You like the Giants over? 
Yeah, I, I believe in this team. And and look, I mean, I am somebody who, especially on the baseball side, does a lot with the analytics, the advanced metrics, looking for positive and negative regression, stuff like that. I understand why people are a little bit low on the Giants this season, especially, as you mentioned, winning so many close games. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones had four fourth quarter comeback wins, five game winning drives. But at the same time, I mean, this guy took really good care of the football, which had been a problem for him previously. Now they've got, again, you talk about, you know, a first year head coach, what he does going into that second year. Now you don't have Daniel Jones trying to figure out the playbook. You have Daniel Jones knowing the playbook and being able to kind of tweak things accordingly to try and give this offense maybe a little bit more explosiveness. So I do like that about a team where they've got that level of continuity going into the next season where everybody's on the same page. There are chances to improve. There's room for improvement, certainly. But I think that what they did with Daniel Jones last season, I think that carries over. I mean, this was an offense that was top 10 in EPA per play, which you wouldn't think about with Daniel Jones. But when you take care of the football, you're able to do that. I think this defense can get better as well. I, I do like this Giants team over uh, their seven and a half win total. You know what could be big for that win total? Because I know you're right. We agree on this with the stupid two games in three weeks. What if the Eagles are sitting people? You catch the Eagles in the last two games. Mm. You see where they play yeah. the Eagles? Look at that. That could determine the win total. It if could. Philly sits people with the division already wrapped up and they play them on Christmas, then they play the Rams at home, should be a win, and then you close with the Eagles again. I mean, that that could be they get three wins right there, and then you know, you're looking good. How, how about wouldn't touch with your money? How about a couple teams where you just have no idea and can't get a read this year? So the San Francisco 49ers are one to me because I love everything about this roster except for the most important position on the field. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how Brock Purdy is going to come back from a major injury. And remember, I mean, this guy was the last pick of the NFL draft. He was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason. Winds up being super relevant last year for this team because he has such a good five-game stretch in the regular season and then carries on over into the playoffs. But this roster is outstanding everywhere except for the questions there. And I think that makes it difficult because this team still has a high floor with all the talent that's there and a great head coach in Kyle Shanahan. But the ceiling is really uncertain for this team. And I think it's a similar kind of story with the New York Jets, where they've got a really good roster all around Aaron Rodgers. But was what we saw last year from Rodgers just kind of the beginning of the end for him? How mm -hmm. invested really is he in playing football? Is Nathaniel Hackett going to be able to have the same success at, with the Jets they did in Green Bay? I think there are a lot of questions about that team where, again, I mean, I, I still like the Bills a little bit. I like the Dolphins quite a bit. And I think the Patriots, you know, another team that I have no idea what to do with their win total. I mean, Bill Belichick still had an elite defense last year. Yeah, right. You know, and I mean, I don't know what the offense is going to do, but Belichick is still a defensive genius. So the the Patriots, the Jets, and the 49ers are three win totals. I just have no idea what to do with them. See, that, and this is the way I look at it as well, and that's well said. Uh, like, I really want to bet the Niners under this year, maybe even like an alt under, just in case Purdy's not going to be the same guy or he's still hurt. But what, what if I'm wrong about that? Mm -hmm. I mean, look at what Shanahan did last year with the guy who was the last pick in the draft. And like you just said, their roster from top to bottom, excluding the quarterback position, is like as elite as it gets. Yeah. So I could just be burning money by taking that chance. Right. Absolutely. And and look, I mean, there's a lot of great content, not just from me and the NFL betting guide, from all of our writers and you know, that summer kickoff special that we have, too, that'll get you the college football guide, first week of August, NBA, NHL, college basketball guides, bowl betting guide, all of our content through the Super Bowl. 
175 bucks, I think is well worth it for everything that you're going to get from now through February 11th. You can't beat that. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe to get it today. Comes out tomorrow. Adam, you did a phenomenal job on it. As always, thanks for the time today. We appreciate, appreciate that. It. Thanks for your contributions to the guide as well, guys. Yep. And follow you. him on Twitter. Great He's job. at Skating Tripods. Good luck tonight. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.